You're listening to the 99th episode of Two Views Movies Podcast on Toy Story 4, sponsored by the Buffalo Funds. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. I'm Carson. And we are talking Toy Story 4 today, the sequel that nobody thought would happen, nobody expected, but it's here. Yes, the the second thrilling conclusion of the Toy Story franchise. (laughs) Right. I will say, if they keep making conclusions this good, uh, should they stop making conclusions? (laughs) Just keep, keep on doing it. Yeah, I mean, in in a world where, I mean, how many movies have we already talked about this summer or, you know, spring slash summer blockbuster season are, are, are doing movies with properties that don't need to be done and you walk away feeling like, yeah, that didn't need to be done. And I kind of had lumped Tory Story 4 in with that pile of stuff when I was looking towards our, our schedule of summer movies. But you just saw this yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I haven't even, I haven't even gotten your, your true feelings of of toy story yet so it sounds like you enjoyed it yeah uh, yeah safe to say i enjoyed it without getting into too much detail i I should have known that disney would not let you know one of their pride and joy properties go out i mean (laughs) i feel like disney's big enough to where if toy story 4 had had problems they either would have just paid a boatload of money to fix it or just shelved it yeah we're just eliminating that we didn't like what the way it went done Yep, you can't roll out Toy Story, which is probably one of their biggest properties of all time, and be bad. Like you can't have it be MIB International. That just doesn't cut it. That flies for Sony. I don't think that flies for Disney. No, Pixar. they're just at a higher quality of acceptance. I think. Like you just yep from their Marvel properties to Disney, it's just they have a a quality control team. I think that actually looks at the scripts and the movies and and whatnot, and says nope. Got got to go back to the drawing board because this isn't going to cut it. <laughs> yeah, somewhere there are a bunch of people who absolutely hated the Last Jedi that are screaming at us right now. I I, I purposefully not did not mention Star Wars because <laughs> 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 yeah, it flew in the face yeah. of my point. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, I think you know, going back to Episode One of Two Views Movies podcast, um, neither of us hated the Last Jedi by any means. We are we are certainly not in that category. Could it have been better? Yeah, but we were we were not people walking around with uh, torches and pitchforks. Yeah, they're just things we would have made to improve such movie. Right. So enough uh, rambling about Disney. Let's go into Toy Story. But first, we have a new sponsor this week. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year. To get your free IRA investing report, go to buffalofunds.com slash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com slash podcast. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company and may be obtained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. 
So thank you to Buffalo Funds for sponsoring this week's episode and a few more of the episodes to come throughout July. What else do we have, Carson? We got, uh, let's see, 100th episode coming up uh, on July 4th. So in, in two days after you hear this episode, you'll be hearing our 100th episode. Yeah, that should be a good one. We have a, a mailbag, questions from the, uh, the universe. <laughs> the universe is sending us cosmic exactly. questions to answer. Exactly, and all nice. of them will be answered. And we get nothing to ask back? We don't get to ask why we're here? Uh, no, they don't answer back. <laughs> to do the podcast is the answer. <laughs> a slave to the podcast. Let's see, besides the 100th episode, you've probably seen us talking about this a little bit, but the local publication here in Kansas City, The Pitch, is having an annual Best of Kansas City competition. And we have the opportunity, I guess, should we get enough nominations, to be up uh, for voting for Best Local Podcast in Kansas City. Yeah, so if you can... You can go to the pitch. I don't know if you have the URL there in front of you. Yeah, it's the pitchkc.com slash bestofkc19. And then you can nominate Two Views Movies as the, the best local podcast, and that hopefully can get us on the ballot. Yeah, we get enough nominations. I think it's maybe around July 9th is when everything shuts down and gets announced. And if we got enough nominations, then we'll be up for voting. Uh, actually, cool little story, one of our... Uh, Friends of the Pods uh, First Issue Club. They won it last year. They were named the best local podcast of Kansas City in 2018. So how cool would it be that... To uh, dethrone them? <laughs> to dethrone them. Is that, what you're, is <laughs> yes. that where you're going with that? Yes. If only we could know that before we go uh, see Spider-Man Far From Home with them uh, this next week, because then we could taunt them. But let's, <laughs> let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, but no, that would be great. We're not even on the ballot, it. and we're talking about winning. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be great just to get enough nominations to get on the ballot. So right. uh, you know, if, if you haven't voted already, please go do that. If you have, thank you very much. We will definitely let everybody know how that shakes out uh, here in another week or two. The last thing I think we have for everybody is while we've got your attention, do us a favor and go out and subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can usually subscribe to us and that way you get notified of new episodes right away, gets downloaded right to your phone. And then if you're an Apple person, please go out to iTunes or the Apple Podcasts now, I guess, and leave us a rating. The more stars, the better. It helps us get noticed, helps people know what you think about the show, and hopefully you like it and share that with everybody. I think we're ready now, finally. We are to Toy Story 4. Letterboxd tells us all about Toy Story 4, which is, Woody has always been confident about his place in the world and that his priority is taking care of his kid, whether that's Andy or Bonnie. But when Bonnie adds a reluctant new toy called Forky to her room, a road trip adventure alongside old and new friends will show Woody how big the world can be for a toy. Directed by Josh Cooley, who, from what I could tell, had only done a couple of Disney Pixar shorts before this. And the cast. And, you know, I've got about 20 names sitting here in front of me. I don't know <laughs> that uh, we need to read them all. I think everybody's pretty familiar. You know, you got the typical Tom Hanks, Tim Allen you got the John Ratzenberger who's coming back. But we got some new voices I figured I would I would throw out there for everybody. Uh, County Reeves, of course, I'm going to mention is here. <laughs> and that's the only reason you're reading the cast this time. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key are in this. Jeff Garland, I think, has been in it before, but I heard him. Bill Hader. And then I randomly found out just before we started recording this that uh, our boy Carl Weathers was in this. Yeah, I did not know that was him because he only had, uh, what, almost half a line? Yes. And he, the, the guy just wants a high five. Combat <laughs> Carl wants just needs high. a high five. <laughs> and I didn't stay for the, the credits. Did you? I did. I did. Oh, but he, okay. got, he got his high five. 
Yeah, from Keanu. That was very, it was very nice. <laughs> hey, I will take a Carl Weathers Keanu Reeves high five any way I can get it. <laughs> think uh think Carl Weathers is gonna be in the new John Wick movie? I don't know. Carl Weathers should be in more stuff. I was actually wondering if maybe on set when they gave each other a high five, it looked like the Predator handshake. I, I doubt that. <sighs> don't ruin I dr- my dreams. <laughs> I don't think uh Keanu has the guns to pull that off. Easy. You'd you'd Easy. be like, there's just a random guy and then Carl Weathers, who I'm assuming is still massive. Yeah, but Keanu would just like judo throw him. On a high five? <laughs> that's a, that's a very, that's a very strange high five. You don't mess with Keanu. <laughs> so, what was your overall takeaway? I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but you know, my thought was, why are we getting a Toy Story 4? I thought we ended pretty well on Toy Story 3, so that's kind of the mentality I was going into it with. But how did you go into it, and what would you leave thinking? No, I agree. I thought uh, we ended with Andy giving away his toys to Bonnie, and that was a fitting conclusion to the Toy Story trilogy. Uh, so going into this one, um, seeing the trailer, I wasn't... It's not that I'm I'm against getting another Toy Story. I love, I love the whole the whole series uh it's another toy store i'm like sure why not but then saw the trailer forky i had i was not impressed with in the trailer um the whole carnival thing i don't know i i was not expecting a lot out of it sure i thought i'd get the usual quality but i thought it was gonna be just another movie and what'd you walk away with well i ended up liking all the scenes that i thought uh, i wouldn't um, you <laughs> that, know, hey, that's huge. It, it is, and you know, like you see a little bit of Forky, and you're like, okay, this is going to be really dumb. And then him running to the trash can at any given moment, uh, <laughs> I, I thought I was like, okay, the first time he did it, and then the second time I was like, okay, that's kind of funny, and the third time he did it, I'm like, okay, this is starting to to get me, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, because I, I thought it would go the opposite way. Usually when you keep coming back to the same thing, you're like, okay, get on with it. I get it. He's trying to run the trash can, but this time it just got funnier and funnier for me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess his little scream or whatever, as he, as he was running there, just, just got me. Yeah. I didn't really see much of the trailer and I think I maybe watched the very first one. And then otherwise I just avoided it because one, you know, how many times do you need to watch a Toy Story trailer before right. you really know what's coming? So I didn't really have anything based on the trailer, but my overall mentality was just like, okay, I mean, yeah, we're getting another Toy Story, fine. I thought 3 was a really good ending. I, I've enjoyed all the Toy Stories. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I walked away feeling like they hit all the right beats. They did a good job. If you're going to bring something back and end it, you know, again, then you did it in all the right ways. They They got away from... They got away from being the kids' toys while still having a little bit of that, so they were able to make the story about whether you belong to a kid or not and what that really means. So it became this huge existential crisis for Woody, which sounds heavy for a Toy Story movie, but they really pulled it off. And I'm with you. I, I thought initially my reaction to Forky was going to be like uh, okay, but the, the, the way they work it into the movie is just is really great throughout the whole thing. And by the end, I mean you end up pretty much loving anything and. Probably a lot of people are going to be crying at the end of that. Well, see, I didn't get as as much as I did in Toy Story 3 as far as emotionally, but they did hit it. It was like waves of like a little mm-hmm. scene here, a little scene there, and they brought you back to fun, then a little scene here that, that you know, pulled you along emotionally. Uh, Toy Story 3 had that, you know, 
big heavy moment, you know, where they're all about to move oh, to yeah. the, the incinerator or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, so you're like, okay, that's intense, you know, and they're all banding together and that, that's awesome. You know, this didn't have a scene like that, I don't think, or at least not, not to me, but it, it had moments throughout that, um, that kind of took you on a roller coaster. Yep. I, I liked how there really wasn't a, a bad guy in this whole movie. In the middle, they set up uh, Gabby, the, the doll who's got no voice. And I think the her... dummies are still the bad guys because they're creepy. <laughs> yes. No, that's what I'm saying. Like for the middle, they're presented as the bad guys and they, they do provide like the main source of conflict, but then they, they quickly aren't the bad guy. Um, once everything kind of turns a corner there story-wise, once Woody realizes that Gabby really just wants to belong to a kid like he has always belonged to a kid then everything turns and they're all kind of on the same page and again that's why i say it's there's not really a villain the 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 bad guy in the story is really just everybody trying to figure out their sense of belonging like whether it's to a kid or not and they really hammer home this what is the definition of a lost toy i know Bo sits there and tells Woody several times throughout the movie that even though she doesn't have a kid, she's not lost and Woody can't understand that at all. So there's a lot of kind of deep stuff happening, but of course, Disney and Pixar is really, really good at exploring things that as an adult, you're like, oh, that's deep, but it's still enough of a surface level that kids can totally get it. So speaking of Bo, did you even remember that she wasn't in Toy Story 3? No, no, I I didn't like binge these movies or anything. It's probably been two or three years since I've seen Toy Story 3. So I I didn't remember which one she came from or how many she came from. Well, I thought she was in all of them. You know, I thought she at least had a scene in all of them where she, you know, was swooning over Woody or Uh or vice versa. You know, like before he went on his adventures, he was always kind of say goodbye to Bo type of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, and they did the flashback. I was like, wait, was she not in Toy Story 3 at all? (laughs) <laughs> and I guess not. Did you go back and watch Toy Story 3 or did you check not, that out? Not since, but people have said, okay. have corrected people online when I was reading reviews. Like, yeah, Bo wasn't in, even in Toy Story 3. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm hard pressed to remember. So for me, because I don't watch them a lot. My kids are old enough now where I don't watch cartoons on repeat like I used to. And I used to have a lot of these memorized. But Toy Story for me... um, it's hard for me to remember. Like I can remember key events in movies. Like I know that two was the toy store and Zerg and three was a trash compactor and lots of the hug and bear. But where I get confused is in their group of toys, where some of these new toys come in and out at, like obviously buzz is one, Jesse is two, but then like the side toys, like I get really confused as to when and where they come into play. Like, uh, has the, you know? I know the car has always been there, but I, I feel like they add or remove a couple of toys here and there in every movie, and I can't keep that cycle straight in my head. So no, I did not remember when and where Bo dropped off of the Toy Story map. Yeah, so that, I I spent the first you know that entire flashback really of Bo being taken away, going was she really not in that movie? And I kept trying to cycle through, you know, where <laughs> when the last time we saw her, and we never saw her get <laughs> given away, you know. Yeah, and it's like like that was uh. That was distracting for me at first because yeah, I felt like I, <laughs> I had you put it in front of me. I said, "Yeah, Bo's in all of them." You yeah, know, I, I, I would I would, have, I would have put money on that. <laughs> you would have lost big. I would have lost money on, betting on, on Toy, Toy Story. Story. <laughs> 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 Which 
What's Carson's it? in Vegas at the sports book, slouched over a bottle of whiskey. I thought what's, Bo was in Toy Story. What's the three? line on Bo? What's the line on Bo this year? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, so going back to the antique store, I take it you thought the dummies were creepy because I thought they were super creepy. Well, the way they kind of dance walked, yeah, was very, yes. was very creepy. Yeah, and I, I like the acknowledgement that like antique store dolls are creepy, like those ventriloquist dolls and stuff from the fifties. They they are just creepy. It's kind of like how clowns used to be cool looking, or I guess people thought they were just funny looking. And then now that you look back, like why did you have demons walking around trying to entertain kids with balloons? That's that's not cool. <laughs> um, that's kind of how I felt. But yeah, between their walking and the way they looked, and I, I thought that was really really good i like that middle of that story i think my favorite part of the antique store though was uh key and peel trying to figure out how to get the key from the old lady and i wish that wasn't in the trailer oh see it was i didn't know that it, well the first time they jumped at her face was in the trailer and i thought that had been a and i could tell people in my theater hadn't seen that part before but i'm like damn ah. it that now the rest of it you know they're they're different ways of them doing it were uh yeah um clearly not in the trailer but the first time they jump at her face and they say what plush attack or whatever <laughs> yes yeah, like uh, uh they uh that was in there and i was like dang it and i was like that uh, that would have been a very abrupt fun scene for me to see had it not yeah. been there yeah i could see that I, i'm glad in hindsight i didn't because that that felt very not toy story it felt like key and peel wrote that and wanted right. it in there and they were <laughs> like okay let, we'll, we'll go with that because it, it's cut very funnily right like it's them it's a repeated joke that happens two or three times and you kind of know where the joke is going after the first one but the, it hits on like all cylinders and then i think my favorite part about it is when they go into like the the toy club that's inside there that where they meet duke kaboom and buzz has the key and like how'd you get the key and they cut to it and it's just the lady setting the key right in front of buzz i mean <laughs> right. that whole thing is played so well like it's probably the funniest or at least the most pure comedic moment of any toy story and i i can't help but think it had something to do with key and peel being involved well sure i mean you don't bring them in and not take their input on their character no i know but you could see where it's sort of like it's very not toy story or very not disney pixar it's just in the way it's shot cut and written that it doesn't feel like that and I, they bring in people all the time to do voices and don't necessarily give them like that much control over what their characters are doing or how it's presented. But I feel like they got that. And it's just a testament to like how funny they are and how well they can write even a comedic skit basically inside of a toy story movie. Yeah, no, that that was really good. I agree. So how do you feel about the, uh, Bo's whole arc of being independent toy that doesn't need a kid? Oh, I thought it was great. I read somebody online compare her to Sarah Connor, and I thought that was kind of oddly accurate um, because she's definitely like a female empowerment, you know, I'm on my own heroine. And uh, yeah, I liked her. I liked her a lot. So the uh, the not needing a kid kind of flies in the face of uh, the whole being a toy. Yeah, I think that that is more of, I kind of took that as not needing a kid after you've had a kid. Like, so it kind of goes back to the, what happens in Toy Story 3 with Lotso, how he gets discarded by his kid. I think that they're really trying to tap into this. Yes, toys are for kids and you can make kids happy, but there comes a point in time in every toy's life where they are going to get discarded and set aside. And what happens when that time hits? Do you 
do you go clamoring to find another kid? Because sometimes you do, like how Woody ended up with Bonnie. But other times, toys don't. They end up in a, a cardboard box somewhere or whatever. And what do you do at that point when you don't have anything that you belong to? Can you find something in yourself or the world around you? Or do you always have to belong to somebody else? And I think that was cool. See, I think uh, the better message was at the end of Toy Story 3, where, you know, you give it to another kid to enjoy the toys versus they'll be fine without anybody. <laughs> yeah, but I <laughs> From think From a toy that, that... perspective and a message to <laughs> Sure, kids. sure. I mean, I get the, you don't, you don't need somebody to validate your life or whatever, if that's what they were going right. with, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you get both. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of Toy Story. In, in three, you said you, you explore the message of you, you can find new life in somebody else. I mean, like if you equate this to adults, it's like your spouse dies and you, you, you know, have an option. Can you find somebody else? Can you find some other sense of belonging in Toy Story three? They do. But then there's obviously moments in life where, you know, a family member or let's go with spouse again dies and you may not have the ability or may not want to find that same meaning over again. But can you find meaning in other things like the world around you or just general friendships or other stuff? So I I think that I think both of them resonate equally just in different stories. And I think that Pixar felt like they had enough of a different angle here to to tell that other story. Well, you want to know the uh, the message that I got? from toy story 4 what is that if you want the girl you give up your friends (laughs) (laughs) so the opposite of bros before hoes yeah i mean it's just just (laughs) just the reality see a buzz you know where i have to give up all my friends because uh i choose the girl (laughs) there's a little bit of truth in that but i think (laughs) and then now i'm gonna be friends with all her friends now because uh because she's not willing to to leave them but right Yeah, I mean, that that is an accurate read. I mean, he definitely is torn between <laughs> going with Bo and going with his, his family, for lack of a better word. But I think the deeper read on that is that he's able to find his meaning and he's kind of exhausted his purpose as it comes to being a kid's toy. And I think there's also the realization that though that's his family, like Buzz and all those other toys, Bonnie had already started to kind of be over Woody and reject Woody in a certain way. So he was clinging on, hoping that he could fill that void. And while he was maybe helping Bonnie fill that void, he wasn't filling his own void. Well, I think he, uh, yeah, he chose, he chose the lady. (laughs) And she she made him choose the lady over his toys. I mean, (laughs) would it have been a bad thing for her to go, you know, with Bonnie? What is happening? Well, yes, because Bonnie didn't want any part of Woody basically anymore. And well, yeah, she but she could have had more toys with uh, Duke Kaboom and yeah. But and what Bo if she doesn't want them? Then they're back to square one together there with all the rest of his friends. Yeah, but at some point you might have to move on, and they might have to too. Maybe that's Toy Story Five. Now Buzz has got to figure out what to do. And I'm glad you brought up Buzz. I felt he got the short stick in this entire movie. Oh yeah, there wasn't the, enough Buzz. There was. Definitely not enough buzz. I bet Tim Allen's reading this script and he's like, where, where am I? <laughs> I thought this yeah. was a Toy Story movie. Yeah, it was, but I mean, it really was a, a Woody movie. It was, it was like they wanted to, yeah, they wanted to give Woody a, a different kind of send off than everybody else. And, you know, it worked. Um, clearly the door is not shut for Toy Story 5. I don't know what they'll do. I, I don't, Clearly, if there's a Toy Story 5, it's not going to involve Woody. I don't know that you could could or should write that back in. So if it's going to be a 5, then it's going to have to revolve around Buzz and something else. And I, 
I don't know. Then it starts to feel like those old Disney sequels from back in the day where it's like Aladdin 2, Return of Jafar, and you're just like, what? Okay. You know, I think it's easier to get Tim Allen on the books than it is uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, sure. Although I, I feel like Tom Hanks loves oh. doing Toy Story movies. I mean, oh, for I sure. Like that dude, his voice acting is, is really incredible. I was like, oh, are we about to go down a, a rabbit hole of Tom Hanks? <laughs> no, I don't want everybody to have to. <laughs> You're about to start gushing. Your, your your Tom Hanks hot takes, but I do know <laughs> that your hot takes start in a post Toy Story world, typically. So, but yeah, I, I really like. It's hard to separate Tom Hanks from Woody. It's such a great character, and I mean, yes, Tim Allen is Buzz, but it's just not the same as Tom Hanks as Woody. There's something there where those those two seem inseparable. No, I agree. I mean, Tim Allen. I mean, he's Tim the Toolman Taylor, and then Buzz, and then that's it. Tom yeah. Hanks has quite the library of things that you've been exposed to him as. And so you, you notice his voice, and Buzz is just kind of Buzz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know? And that's part of, part of it's the character, right? Because Buzz is a stoic spaceman most of the time, so there's not a lot of emotional range from our, our good friend Buzz, but you know, Woody's all over the place usually. And I think, you know, going back to a conversation you were, ha- you and I were having on the side earlier this week, which I'm not going to take us down the Tom Hanks, uh, slippery slope that you were just <laughs> mentioning, but I will say, I think the reason why I like Tom Hanks so much as Woody is because his voice, uh, echoes eighties, Tom Hanks, you know, there's, there's more comedy, there's more inflection, there's more animation. Whereas, you know, post whatever we were talking about what like 2004 2005 everything from then on for tom hanks is all like serious um you know we we don't get comedy hanks anymore no and i just listened to one of our earlier episodes of our reboots of what we wanted and we talked about mm-hmm. a movie called falling down and you wanted Tom Hanks mm-hmm. to go off the handle and and, and murder people. Yes, <laughs> right. I and I think, but I think that's a byproduct of like we've Tom never Hanks seen him like that. Be, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. One, you've never seen him like that. But two, you have kind of seen him spazzy and animated and whatever back in the eighties. And now I feel like all you get is this really constrained, serious Tom Hanks that doesn't like when you watch interviews and stuff with him. He's all you know, he's still the same laughable guy, but all his roles are really serious and normal. And like, hey, Tom, why don't you go back to the way you used to be a little bit? Give us a little money pit. Yeah, or, exactly. Or, or, and, and a, a new burb. <laughs> a new burb. I think it'd be new burbs. Burbses is. I don't know what's the plural of burbs. Burbies. Burbises. But I think I think my point in all this uh, to to bring that back full, full circle is just that. He he's much more animated, and he's the Tom Hanks of old when he's Woody, and I think that's what makes it so appealing because you just don't get that guy nowadays on normal films. No, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you: Did the end of the movie where Woody's saying goodbye? I mean, I know you don't like it because you're in the uh, He Man She Hater Club or whatever that is from Little Rascals. You're not. You're anti Bo all of a sudden. <laughs> um, I it's I bow, and then she's breaking the band. <laughs> but that end scene, did Woody's ending and the way that happened, did it did it remind you of anything else from this year? Any other movie from this year? From this year? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're talking about some other series that ended, probably. Yeah, kind of. Um, putting me on the spot. I'm not. I didn't when when watching it. No. Okay. I got a little bit of Captain America vibes. You know, leaving the band to go to his girl? Yep. 
and then there's the handing of the badge over to the the understudy. Okay, definitely the, yeah. the shield, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good parallel. Disney, yeah, they've got their formula. Or they, you know, snuck into the next room and say, "Hey, what are you working on?" Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Is that Cap giving Falcon the shield? Mm. Ah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I can work that in. And they secretly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, you you got it. I mean, it's the it's the leaving your friends that are now established. You feel like they're on their own. You're gonna go go back and be with your girl, and uh, the symbology of giving over the uh, the badge that that just struck me as a very end game Captain America moment. Yep. Nope. I can see that. I can see the parallel. The only other thing I had that we didn't really talk on, which I don't know that we need to talk about a whole lot, but my God, the animation is ridiculous in this movie. <laughs> it's not so realistic where you're like, oh, I'm watching the real world, but you know you're watching a cartoon, but it's it's very good. Like just the lighting and the design and everything. It's it's like the perfect animation, right? It's you know you're watching an animation, you know you're watching a cartoon. It's not supposed to be like the real world, but it's so perfectly done that you're like. How would you ever animate this any better? We went to the uh, screening of this, and I was sitting there with my wife, and they have the picture of all of them up there on the screen for like 15 minutes before they actually show the movie. Mm -hmm. And she was commenting on, look at the detail on everything. You know, like Mm -hmm. little little lint bumps on Woody's shirt. You know, it's the, the plastic on Buzz's head. It, it was like the little ruffles uh, or the uh, the rope around Bo's staff. You know, like everything mm-hmm. has so much detail. We just we just kept looking at this picture like the whole movie's that way. You know, but we were looking at this yeah. picture like they put so much time into just the little things to make it look so real. Yeah, it's incredible. Very impressive. It's truly, yeah, it's it's like art come to life. It's amazing. And it's when you go back and remember what everybody thought about Toy Story 1, I mean, for when it came out, it was truly incredible. But to see how they've taken everything so far, and it's still so incredible, it's it's pretty mind-blowing what they can do. So I, I had to at least give some some kudos to those guys, because the animation's truly ridiculous. Yeah, and I just think back to the first time that I was wowed by Pixar, and actually truly noticed that, was Monsters, Inc., when watching mm-hmm. Sully's fur kind of flow mm-hmm. throughout the movie you know it's like that's really cool yep. you know i'm sure there are some cool parts in toy story but I, in the first one but i was like okay you know toy story and pixar that, that looks neat but his hair you know <laughs> as he walks around yeah. you know and just kind of staticky and like that's really cool that was the first time that it just caught me like that and it's only gotten better since then yeah absolutely are we running out of things to say i'm running out of things to say all right, let's get to our questions then. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? All right, so would you rate it and why? I gave it a four. I, I don't think I really need to elaborate much on that. Uh, animated movies are tough for me. Uh, you know... Would I argue with anybody over a four and a half or a five? No. I mean, it's hard not to put animated movies in their own bucket. I guess the best thing I could say is my gut reaction is that my Toy Story rankings are probably one, three, four, two. But I I could probably, depending on when I watch each movie besides two, I could probably rank any of them first. So 
they're all fours for me. Uh, Monsters Inc. is my favorite Pixar movie. If that if that makes anything, Coco I think is a five star movie for me. So not anything against it. I, I really enjoyed it, but I, I wouldn't. It's definitely not a three and a half. So I'd be between a four and a four and a half. And that's that's the end of my my rating spiel. Where are you at? I was at a four. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It is my least favorite Toy Story movie, but again, that's Ooh, very behind two. Behind two. Yeah, I like wow. two. I like two. Okay. I, I don't uh, hate two. It's uh, I just think that this one. I mean, you have you have a high bar in Toy Story, so it's not bad by any means. It's just the worst one of the of the four. And, totally. may, yeah, and I mean, maybe and maybe saying. had it come second, you know, it would have been higher. But um, yeah, four. So what is your rating? Is it one, two, three, four? Uh, probably one, three, two, four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think we both said it. You, all the Toy Stories are great, so you're splitting hairs on some of these. Um, and usually when I have movies like that where I'm splitting hairs, it kind of depends on where I'm at in my life and what's been going on and how I feel when I see the movie at that given time. And I could turn around and watch you know, Toy Story 2 tomorrow, and it might resonate with me different. Be like, oh, yeah, Toy Story 2 is my favorite. So One of yeah. the things that I love Toy Story 2 about, and I think we've talked about this on the pod before, but the Toy Story Dark Knight trailer mashup oh yeah <laughs> when when they're they're talking and they're they make basically uh woody the joker and every time yes. and they, the guy comes in and fixes him up and it's like there's nothing in his pockets but knives and lint you know and it's just <laughs> right. and so i always think of that when i'm watching toy story 2 and it just makes me like it even more yeah that's a little bit of an unfair bump <laughs> hey it's there <laughs> <laughs> all right what was your favorite moment favorite moment i think i have to go with forky running to the trash can okay repeatedly repeatedly yeah <laughs> not, not the first yeah. time but the repeatedness of it right yes what about you well you know i'm not gonna watch toy story 4 and not give my favorite moment to keanu reeves to keanu so, <laughs> yeah duke kaboom when he finally does that big jump and he's like sailing across but as he goes through the circle, he just gets his head bashed in. Like, Close right lines. <laughs> yeah. And it makes like this really weird plasticky like toy hit sound. And they like, I think there's some big music playing because, you know, he's flying through the air kind of slow mo. And then it like cuts the music off right as he clips his head. I don't know. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> so what would you change? Um, I'm wondering if we have the same thing on this because we both mentioned it earlier, but I, I could have used a little bit more buzz. Yep. Um, I get it, that it was Woody's story and, and it's his send off. So I totally understand that. But, you know, a little bit more buzz never hurt. I agree. Uh, more yeah. buzz was exactly my uh, my comment as well. I just felt like he got shortchanged. He's been such a big part of all of this. And then he's just mm-hmm. kind of background character now. Yep. I would agree with that. Unfair. Yeah. Are we skipping casting change? Because I don't really feel like in an animated movie that that's a worthy topic. No, we're not. Because that's our next question. Oh, we're not? Nope. Well, yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, I don't have an answer because, I mean, they're all voices and I don't really have anything that bothered me to switch out. So, Well, and because they're voices, that's why I switched it out. Okay. Well, let's hear yours. So the, I didn't really have a lot to choose from because, again, we've talked about this, you know, in the fourth the fourth uh, movie of a series, you have to go back and replace them through all of them. Um, but mm-hmm. we only had a couple of new characters. And so I replaced Gabby with, because she was somebody who I'd never even heard of. I even went back and looked at her IMDb and I've never heard of her before. Mm-hmm. And I thought in a franchise like this, a recognizable voice 
was would have lended itself a little bit better, I think, especially for your main your new main character. And so I gave Gabby to Reese Witherspoon. You think people would have picked Reese Witherspoon out? Oh yeah, in 2019, her voice. Oh, for sure. Mm, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna question that. No, I think absolutely. Now, mind you, I mean, I what live... has she been in lately besides Big Little Lies? Everything. What? <laughs> no, she hasn't. <laughs> She's in there. You just haven't noticed her. No, I I absolutely think her voice would have. It's a you know I was going for like the the Sandy Bullock you know and I, and I went almost uh, Scarlet, but then I went back and watched a trailer with Gabby Gabby's voice, and it was too kind of high-pitched, you know, she went like the toy doll, and so I came back and, mm-hmm. and audible back to Reese. Mm. But I live with a, a Reese fanatic, so uh, I probably see more Reese stuff than the average American, but I think she's uh, definitely a recognizable voice, definitely more so than, than just somebody. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm going to disagree with you on that one because I don't feel like I would even pick out Reese Witherspoon's voice and I've grown up with Reese Witherspoon. I just don't feel like she's been in much of anything lately. I, if I was going to do that, I think I probably would have skewed a little bit younger so maybe the kids would have picked up on it. I, I don't know that you need to go like as young as like Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande or anything like that, but probably would have found somebody a little bit younger. I mean, maybe you could have, you know, if you're splitting the difference there, gone with like a, a J-Law. Jennifer Lawrence, if you want that, uh, and, and Emma Stone, but she's got kind of a smoker voice. I thought about Emma Stone. Emma Stone was on the, but I was like, eh, it didn't really fit the the doll, and it's an old doll, and so I wanted a. Uh, yeah, it's an old doll that's preserved. <laughs> if you're gonna say it's an old doll, then you have to go get like a 90 year old smoker or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, but but the voice, voice is, still is still like Woody. a doll, like a doll voice, <laughs> and so no, I think Reese is the perfect choice, and that's who should, it should have been. She was in a wrinkle in time. Play... I know you didn't see a wrinkle in time, but she was in that. <laughs> no, I didn't. And she's in. I would love to play a clip Sing. of Reese Witherspoon to people randomly Home and again. see if they could pick out that it was Reese Witherspoon because I'm pretty sure they couldn't. Legally Blonde Three's coming out. Yeah. Big Little Lies. You know, all sorts of fun stuff. Okay. Miss Reese. <laughs> Hot yeah, pursuit. Because the the Venn diagram overlap on Big Little Lies and Toy Story Four is is quite large. But do you think kids have seen Home Improvement? No, but they've grown up with Buzz, so that's a different story. I'm just saying. If you're talking about introducing a, introducing a new voice that people would recognize, I'm saying I'm not sure that people could pick out Reese Witherspoon just well, from a voice. Well, I don't think kids care who voices it. No, I'm even that's... talking about adults. I'm not sure that they could. No, I bet they could, for sure. Mm, I wish we could test this somehow. <laughs> Anyways. Do you recognize this is Reese Witherspoon? Yes. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. What award are you giving this? I gave this, already onto the award, I gave this the best second conclusion of a Pixar series. Okay, what's its competition? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> so you're giving it an award where it's the only nominee. Because it's not the best ending, because I think Toy Story 3 had the best conclusion. Except they get all worked but out well. is it well. a conclusion now? And so this was the best second conclusion. It's like, we're doing like Lord of the Rings here. Where we have nine endings. I don't know if that's how that works. I don't think that's how that works. I think Toy Story 3 is no longer a conclusion. I don't think you get two conclusions. I think it is no longer a conclusion. Because you're looking at movies like Cars, which I don't even know if they have a conclusion. Oh, yeah, they've had three Cars movies. Well, yeah, that's but terrible. is that a conclusion? Or are they I just... think you always have to consider the last one a conclusion until it's not. Well. Right? It's better than Cars I mean, Return nine. of the Jedi was a conclusion until it wasn't. 
right? I yeah. Mean, I'm not, yeah. I, that's how I well, would it's, it. It's definitely better than, than Monsters U. Oh, well, Monsters U is a prequel. <laughs> it, yes, that's true. Still better than Monsters uh-huh. U. So, well, if yeah. so, yeah, so, so if I'm comparing it to Cars, then okay. yes. So you're giving this an award where it's the only nominee. The second. There's two nominees. <laughs> okay. And it wins. Would you give All right. it? I, I gave it the feel-good movie of 2019. I, I felt really good about this movie. I, I toyed around with giving it the uh some sort of spin on like the the best um the best sequel to an existing property of twenty nineteen because I feel like we've seen movies this year where especially just coming off of MIB where it's like totally unnecessary to get this MIB brand back out there and they did a bad job of it, but at least Toy Story took that brand and did something with it. But I, I went with feel good movie of twenty nineteen. I feel like I just had a good time with it. I felt good walking out of the movie. I feel good about the franchise where it ended. I'd, I'd love to watch it again. So, you know, we got a lot of time left in 2019 for me to put that staple out there. But I also feel like last year around this time, we saw the Mr. Rogers documentary and mm-hmm. that ended up being the best feel good movie of 2019 or 2018, sorry to me. So I feel a little bit confident in, in going ahead and, and handing this one out because I, well, you get it. You get a speaking of Tom Hanks and Mr. Rogers, you get oh yeah those combined <laughs> later this year. That's true in December. So I, I may be putting my foot in my mouth, but I also feel like when you get into the fall, you get more serious movies because it's all Oscar season. So your you know quote unquote feel good kind of goes away. That that's more of a summer thing. So that's what I'm going with the, the feel good movie of 2019. And you, you do realize that uh, this was also released in 2019, which you might be overlooking was cold pursuit <laughs> just, yeah. just in case that yes. was one of your nominees there uh yeah yeah i, I took it into deep consideration when <laughs> handing out this award okay but so just, so just quite just edged out cold pursuit all right yes exactly <laughs> uh so if you like this movie you would also like i went with coco because i think coco is okay. a severely uh underrated movie uh, i don't think it, it's Dude, coco is enough legit. love uh but it's a fantastic movie Oh, it fantastic doesn't even do it justice. It's it's so good. It's the only Pixar movie that rivals Monsters Inc. for me. It's hold it on, so hold good. on. I went into hold on. It. You just said what? fantastic doesn't do it justice, and you went with so good instead. No, no, I, I yeah, I was being a little hyperbolic there. I don't, <laughs> I didn't. It's it's so beyond fantastic that I don't have any good words for it. So I revert back to basic normie talk, where I'm like, yeah, it's so good. no that doesn't do it justice so i'm gonna come back with so good (laughs) (laughs) yes yes um yeah i i'm with you man coco is so good so we talked about this with the horror movies it's kind of hard to compare horror movies to non-horror movies kind of hard to compare animated movies to non-animated movies and then you're just in this weird area of okay what thematic parallels am i trying to draw between toy story and other movies so i'm fine with you connecting dots to any other pixar movie i i kind of threw my hands up on this one and went with the most obvious which is just like like the other toy story movies i mean i i I don't know what you say to a toy story 4 and you'll like x else because chances are almost anything in the disney pixar world that's not a sequel you will probably like you know yeah and that's where i went with uh i i don't like going back to the same series because in theory you should have seen them before you've seen this movie because you're watching out of order otherwise um but then i just went with one that uh, i feel needs more more publicity so that's why i went with coco yeah. yep i have no problem with that you, you didn't want to go with in game 
<laughs> no, oh, no, okay. because that's a three-hour comic book movie that you have to sit through to get to the two minutes of parallel that exists between Toy Story 4 and that movie. And I would argue it's a 48-hour series to watch before you get to that part. <laughs> well, yes, that goes without saying. <laughs> All right, well, I think that does it for Toy Story 4. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. Nice. You can find me at at two views Garrett G A R R E T T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at two views movies, or you can email us at two views movies at gmail.com. Like we mentioned before, don't forget to go out and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to it and leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast to help spread the word and show everyone that you're a fan of the show. We are going to be back with a special episode on July 4th, our hundredth episode. Carson mentioned earlier, mailbag, Plus a little bit of uh, mid-year ratings, I believe, Carson. Yes. So look for that on the 4th of July while you're out having a few beers, shooting bottle rockets at each other. Just throw our podcast on the speakers and uh, you can listen to us. If you send us questions, you'll hear us read your question and answer it. <laughs> the, the loudspeakers to the neighborhood. Just we'll, right. we'll, we'll be bumping to a podcast. That Hey, it's 2019. That's podcasts are, are what we do now. <laughs> All right. We'll catch everybody next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!